KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The countdown to new coronavirus restrictions is on in San Diego. Many businesses have just two days left to prepare to operate in the state's purple, most restrictive COVID-19 tier. At Point Loma Sports Club, staff are getting ready to move all operations outdoors. They've put more than 100,000 pounds of equipment in their Liberty Station parking lot. Point Loma resident Nate Demelfi says the gym is a place that's important for his physical and also mental health health. He says he's grateful Point Loma Sports Club is adapting during the pandemic. Part of the reason why I even started coming, I was in a really low place uh, mentally uh, during high school. And so I started coming to the gym to get out any anxiety, stress that I had. Gyms will have to move outdoors by Saturday or face possible fines. Restaurants, places of worship, and museums are among the other kinds of businesses that will also have to either move outside, offer pickup, or close for now. Meanwhile, San Diego County's regression into the purple tier has some people asking why. Dr. Christian Ramers of the Family Health Centers has some answers. He says the weather has driven more people inside where transmission is easier. He also believes there's complacency. Too many people simply aren't wearing masks or social distancing. He told KPBS that the complacency isn't for a lack of information. But the way human beings make decisions have to do with our own experience. Um, so people that have not seen this up close maybe still not be very afraid of it. And those like myself who have seen people suffer and die from it uh, know that this is something very serious that nobody should want to get no matter what your age is. He says a vaccine is still months away at best, and San Diegans cannot stop taking precautions. It's Thursday, November 12th. You're listening to San Diego News Matters from KPBS News. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. As coronavirus infections continue to rise nationally and in California, healthcare workers are sounding the alarm about hospital capacity and staff burnout. Cab Radio's Nicole Nixon reports. Members of the California Nurses Association held rallies at hospitals across the state this week. They're calling for better staffing as winter, the holidays, and an expected spike in cases approach. At UC Davis Health in Sacramento, nurse Melissa Johnson Camacho says workers are being denied time off requests through the end of the year unless they become sick. Nurses are really, they're afraid and they're burnt out. Uh, it's just a really bad combination. Um, and I think management needs to really practice what they preach. She holds up a sign that says, see me as a person. 
It's a mantra she says the hospital uses to promote compassion for patients and their families. A spokesperson for UC Davis Health said in a statement that most of its nurses have scheduling flexibility and special COVID-19 sick leave. The hospital also says its nurses' overtime hours are down this year over last. In Sacramento, I'm Nicole Nixon. As we've said, San Diego is moving into the state's purple coronavirus tier. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser has a deeper look at how that eventually came to be. It was the middle of the afternoon and El Toro Grill Taqueria in City Heights was completely empty of customers. Still, owner Maribel Estrada was hustling through her small restaurant. She took orders over the phone and through a walk-up ordering window she'd made that opened to the street. Right now we only have 25% open to the public inside, which for us is only three tables available. That's basically it. And that was helping a little bit. Unfortunately, Estrada can kiss those three tables goodbye for the time being. San Diego County has sunk back to the dreaded purple tier, the worst possible ranking in California's system meant to control COVID-19 spread. For months, San Diego County stayed in a narrow range, teetering on the edge of the red and purple tiers. Yet, we haven't seen a huge surge in cases or hospitalizations, as is happening in other parts of the country which is exactly what the tier system is meant to prevent, says San Diego County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher. So that we don't wake up and have a problem uh, like like some of the other states where you've seen 50 percent of their cases testing positive uh, or other places that have seen ICU capacity get to zero. Uh, The tiered system is designed to to have those checks that stop you before you hit true exponential spread and, and growth. And, and so I, I, think, I think the system works, and I think the system is working well uh, for California right now. Along with the tier system keeping restrictions in place based on case counts, the San Diego region has good weather on its side. Let me actually pull up my graph and make sure I'm saying things that make sense. Rebecca Fielding-Miller is an epidemiologist at UC San Diego. She says good weather helps people stay outside where COVID-19 is far less likely to spread. So what I I was curious if during those big heat waves, we had uh, big spikes in cases because you can assume that if it's 100 degrees in San Diego, people are gonna go inside where where there's air conditioning and because there's recirculated air, there's a better chance for um, infection. But you can actually see a little bit of a bump um, each time there was a heat wave, um, when there was a heat wave and a fire simultaneously, you can see a little bit of a bump. As rain and colder weather comes in the next few months, Fielding Miller worries that more people will take their gatherings inside, which could increase spread. Fletcher says he hopes the tier system doesn't come under attack if that does happen. We've got to recognize and understand that there there is no economic recovery when you have increasing cases. Um, And that's not just because of the tiered system and the restrictions, but that's the general public uh, that is not comfortable and confident being willing to go out and do these types of things. Fletcher added that he believes the county would have been better off if it had opened more gradually in July when the tier system was implemented, rather than immediately opening all establishments that were allowed under the red tier. We opened everything associated with red on August 28th, the very first day we could, and and I strongly felt that we needed to wait. We were on a downward trajectory 
get down to where you have really low spread. And then when you have really low spread, then you can be a little bit more open with some of the things you're doing um, without the risk of closing people down. Uh, before the pandemic, uh, it was different. That may be true, but El Toro Grill owner Estrada isn't sure she can hang on much longer. We don't have a lot of space outside on the uh, sidewalk, but we ended up having four tables outside. Uh, but it's kind of like we have a lot of issues here for people pass by. We have a lot of trouble with homeless. So. She and her husband have run the restaurant for 10 years, but without indoor dining, she says they could close in a matter of months. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News. In an effort to trace and combat COVID-19 cases, a new testing center opened in Vista on Wednesday. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne has details. A new COVID-19 testing center opened in Vista at the Linda Rhodes Recreation Center in an effort to combat the spread of the virus. The school district partnered with the county and city to open the new testing site in support of a school reopening plan. Vista Unified School District said in a statement that they, quote, remain committed to working in collaboration with the community to find solutions and pathways for students to return to on-campus in-person learning. The free testing center will be open to the public seven days a week from 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. starting Wednesday. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. A survey of the needs of City Heights young people has turned into a virtual photography exhibition that will open tonight. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler tells us the pandemic has highlighted the urgent issues that City Heights youth are fighting for. The group Youth for Change began surveying City Heights youth in 2016 after young people in the community signaled they weren't being listened to by community leaders. That survey found common ground among youth on the need for changes in law enforcement, street safety, cleanliness, and educational opportunities. Now it's been turned into a virtual exhibition by young photographers after a physical exhibition was postponed in late March. Famo Musa is one of the organizers. She says the needs of young people can't be ignored any longer. Since everything is online and virtual and more people are open to it, it's more public. People can't ignore it anymore because the needs are there. The virtual exhibition, some puppetry, and a panel discussion go live on Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find more details on kpbs.org. Max Lynn Adler, KPBS News. Coming up on the podcast, we'll have an interview with the new mayor-elect Todd Gloria about his victory over city councilwoman Barbara Bree. We'll also have a fact check on what conservative groups are saying about Californians voting in Nevada. That's next, just after this break. KPBS On Demand is supported by... Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Conservative groups continue to make unproven claims about voter fraud in the presidential election. Some have even suggested that Californians unlawfully helped President-elect Joe Biden win Nevada. Cap Radio's PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols has the story. Last week, President Donald Trump's campaign and Nevada Republicans 
claimed that thousands of people who moved out of Nevada still voted there in the election. They even published a list of these allegedly fraudulent voters. The problem? Some of them are members of the military deployed overseas. Others are likely students from Nevada going to college in another state, potentially in California, or people who have moved out of the state within 30 days. All three groups were allowed to vote in Nevada's election. Fred Locken is a political science professor at Truckee Meadows Community College in Reno. He described the claim that Californians may have fraudulently voted in large numbers in Nevada as not accurate and simply noise. He noted that Biden has a 36,000 vote lead in the state. You need to be finding things of consequence that would suggest to me that you could somehow alter the outcome of the election. Uh, and at this point in time, I haven't heard anything that is other than unique or anecdotal. This week, the conservative watchdog group Election Integrity Project claimed more than 1,400 Californians may have unlawfully voted in Nevada. It sent its findings to the Nevada Secretary of State's office, which says it will thoroughly investigate all credible allegations of wrongdoing. It notes, however, that many voter fraud complaints lack any evidence. In Sacramento, I'm Chris Nichols. On December 10th, Democrat Todd Gloria will become the new mayor of San Diego. The former San Diego City Councilman and member of the state assembly inherits a city that is going through a tough time. The COVID-19 pandemic has shut down a lot of San Diego businesses, and that's hit the city's budget very hard. Gloria spoke about the challenges ahead with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. How do you view the multiple problems facing San Diego. It all seems pretty daunting. It does, uh, but I've never been afraid of hard work. In fact, I find that I thrive in those kinds of situations and I'm ready to dive right in and uh, start doing the work that's necessary to get the virus under control, get our economy back on track and address the long-term challenges that you just mentioned, specifically the challenges of homelessness and housing affordability. Well, you mentioned the virus. The county is now listed in the purple tier. That's the most restrictive of the state's COVID tiers. Do you think the city can do more to try to stop the spread of this virus? Well, I think we have no choice but to do so. You know, the longer we allow this to spread in our community, the more detrimental it's going to be, not just to the health of our community, the mortality in our community, but to the businesses that are struggling and really cannot endure the whipsaw back and forth between open and close. Uh, what I think we have to do is make sure that we're providing clear rules of the road, that we're educating our public about the need to follow the public health order, uh, and that we're advocating in Sacramento and Washington, D.C. for the relief that is necessary, not just for the city's finances, but for the finances of individual San Diego families and local neighborhood businesses that are struggling. So, uh, Maureen, I don't think we have any other choice than to engage heavily in this concern and hope that we can get a collective response from every San Diegan to do their part to curtail the virus, get us back uh, to uh, where we were prior to the pandemic. During the summer, Mayor Faulkner and city leaders allowed fast-tracked approval of outdoor operations for many businesses. Is there anything else the city can do to help businesses that are now closed again? 
I believe we can. I think to your question, Maureen, what the city must now do is make sure that our development services department is as customer service oriented as possible. Uh, Development services is the department most businesses have to interface with to get a permit or approval to do certain things with their business and and the buildings they operate out of. Um, If that uh, agency is not customer service oriented, if it doesn't provide certainty of process, if it isn't quick in its timeliness of its processing, these are the things that could be the difference between a business staying in business and going out of business. And so I want to lead an effort that would change the culture in that agency, recognizing that we can, by our swift work, uh, make sure that more people uh, keep their doors open and employ more San Diegans. What kind of support are you expecting from Sacramento and the new administration in Washington to help San Diego get out of its COVID-related budget crisis? My eye is really on the Biden and Harris administration, who clearly would be, I think, much more interested in passing federal uh, level stimulus and relief efforts uh, akin to what happened at the beginning of this year with the Federal CARES Act. I believe that that would provide funding not just for the county, the city, and our schools, uh, but also for unemployed San Diegans, for small businesses that are struggling. Uh, And that's why I'm really hopeful that this new administration will choose to prioritize federal level relief, recognizing that only the federal government can run the kinds of deficits that the city and the state are prohibited from running, uh, but are necessary in this time of a severe economic downturn, as well as a global pandemic. Okay, you supported Measure A on this year's ballot, but it didn't get enough votes. That was the proposal for the city to buy bonds to fund affordable housing for the homeless. So what are the city's options now? Well, we can continue with our strategy, which has built thousands of low-income units. It's just not enough for what we have uh, in terms of need in our community. Uh, What I will foresee is that the city will continue on its path of passing regulatory relief at the local level, similar to what the council did just a few days ago with the passage of its complete communities ordinance uh, that provides a new uh, suite of tools uh, for the community to use to actually build more low, very low and moderate income housing in our community. Uh, When we take those kinds of of policies and match them with state level resources, I'm thinking specifically of recently approved uh, housing bonds at the state level, as well as uh, funding that comes uh, from things like our cap and trade program at the state level, I think that we can be in a better position to compete and hopefully successfully receive state level funding, and then naturally continue to hope for some relief at the federal level. Um, Ultimately, you know, San Diego voters did overwhelmingly support Measure A. As you know, it requires a two-thirds vote, which we fell short of. Um, But what I see in those election results is a hunger on behalf of San Diegans for uh, true uh, action, aggressive action when it comes to housing affordability. And I intend to be a mayor that delivers upon that. You know, after the racial justice demonstrations in San Diego and across the nation last summer, there were calls for the city to shift some funds from San Diego police to more social services. Now that did not happen. What's gonna be your stand on that? Well, Maureen, I think the fact of the matter is what we're coming up against is a a budget cycle that is going to really put every department in a defensive position when it comes to funding. Uh, The size of the deficits that are being projected really means that no city agency is going to be left untouched. What my commitment is, is to make sure that we minimize the neighborhood level impacts uh, of any of those kinds of reductions and and recognizing that neighborhoods are hurting uh, and that we as a city have to support them. With regard to the future, 
future of our police department, I'd like to set a goal of making San Diego a national leader when it comes to policing in the 21st century. We were a leader uh, not that long ago when it came to community-oriented policing, and we've fallen away from that. I'd like to get us back there again, recognizing that if we can prevent a Minneapolis or Louisville kind of situation here in San Diego, uh, that we will be far better for it. Um, I have committed to making sure that we fully and uh, faithfully implement Measure B, which the voters of San Diego uh, just approved uh, to create an independent police review board. Uh, that is not an insignificant commitment because that review board will cost additional dollars. But again, I believe those are dollars well spent if it helps us to prevent the kinds of trauma and crisis that we've seen in other American cities. And lastly, Maureen, I think that as we work with our uh, the city's new office of race and equity, we will identify areas for improvement, not just in policing, but in housing, in economic development, in education, where we as, a, as San Diego can become more inclusive and more equitable. Uh, and I believe that some of those recommendations will include transitioning responsibilities that are currently given to law enforcement that the community and law enforcement agree are not no longer appropriate and give those to trained professionals uh, that would be more appropriate. I'm thinking specifically of homeless outreach, mental health response uh, calls, uh, as well as truancy sweeps uh, with our children. And Mayor-elect Gloria, when you take office in December, what's your first priority? Uh, my first priority is to set up the best team I possibly can set up to help get us through this difficult time and get us back to a position of prosperity and growth. Um, that is maybe not the sexiest answer uh, that you or your listeners want to hear, but in a time like this, um, we have to have a team of pros uh, that will help us uh, protect our neighborhoods, well serve the citizens of this city and get us back on track. Um, because of the number of departures from the current administration, there are a number of key vacancies that need to be filled. Uh, and I hope to be able to do that relatively swiftly in order to make sure this vision uh, that San Diego voters have now endorsed through their votes is something that we can actually implement. And I recognize that this is at a time when San Diegans are really counting on their city government to deliver on their behalf. And I hope to be able to deliver upon that as quickly as I possibly can. That was Mayor-elect Todd Gloria speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh. That's it for the podcast today. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.